Hello, welcome to Reframing Mindset Podcast. We are clear minded of the thoughts that are preventing clarity. Practice my speech, among other things. Episodes range from informative knowledge to funny stories about my experiences, and in the future, maybe include interviews. So subscribe and enjoy. Episodes drop every other day. Hello. Okay, you hear me? You hear me? Yeah. Okay, so welcome to the backyard, Shaquille Benti. That is, um, so <laughs> before we start, let's just go into some of the things that, you know, the great Shaquille Benti is going, going into. So he's an aspiring journalist, a seasoned basketballer, the main content creator for Stadium 876, one of the hosts of Live from the Stands. Compre and St. George's alum, among other things. So, welcome to the Reframing Mindset Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, Colin. You know, um, uh, one of the main things. Hello. Hello, Ben. Benty, are you here? Hello? Hello? All right. You're back now. You're back now. You're back now. I'm back now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was saying, basically, I'm, I'm doing good. You know, I just completed yeah. some assignments for UE. So, you know, that go. You know, that go already. All right. All right. That, that's good. How are you doing? How are you doing? You know, me all right, you know, me just in my room trying to record this podcast, you know, <laughs> trying to get us both some views. <laughs> you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's get into the interview. So I guess we we'll start up from where we met, you know. So we met about in grade nine, and I think then you, you went to St. Catherine Hall Primary, if I'm correct. Yeah, I, I was um, at Catherine Hall Primary. I was nice. in grade six. Tell me about yes. that time up to when you reached to Herbert Morris. So, you know, let the audience know about, you know, the journey from the beginning until concrete. So I went to Catherine Primary, the greatest primary school in St. James, in the St. James area. So basically trained me. My my brother went there as well. So And he went to Herbert Morrison. All my family went to Herbert Morrison. So... Along the lines, I knew I was going to go to Herbert Morrison. My mother was teaching at Herbert Morrison, so I, you know, I ended up at Herbert Morrison. Most evenings, because my brother was there, my mother was there, I'd go out to Herbert Morrison and play basketball. So that's how I met you, basically. Yeah, but then I know you that they call you Sheen because, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, boom, so. Okay, so um, I remember when you, when we went that carnival that that time. You know, I noticed that he had a, a Saint Lucian driver's license. So I'm, I was just wondering if you were traditionally not a Jamaican, but just grew up here, or you're a Jamaican just that just about Saint Lucian citizenship. You know, for the fans. You know? Well, yeah, my 
father um St. Lucian. So that's where my dual citizenship. Yeah, I was just for the first part of my life I was in St. Lucia because my mother was finishing university, but like as she finished, I came back to Jamaica and started my whole school process and my whole life. So that's my but I do go back to St. Lucia as often as I can. It's a part of me, so that's it. Mm, all right. So okay. So let's get into the sport. So you're the main content creator of Stadium Stadium 876. I know one one of the hosts of Live After Stand, a podcast. So basically, you're creating a whole of sports content. So what initially got you into sports so much that you became a, such a fan of it? You know, what initially got you into sports? Well, I've always loved sports. As I said, like, everybody in my family, that I can, in my immediate family, plays sports. So my mother was a sunshine girl. My brother played basketball. My aunt played netball. My uncle played football. My father was a national basketballer, and he's actively involved in like St. Lucia's Olympic Association. So sport has always been my background. Guys, I, you know, I was I was leaning towards more architecture, but my aunt looked at me and told me, you know, you could really do something in sports. So I really took it upon myself to say, all right, yeah, because. I can see where I can make a name for myself in sports because I really know a lot about sports and I really, I'm really passionate about it. I just never saw the career opportunities there because, you know, it's not a traditional career within Jamaica. And that's something that I'm trying to, you know, change and push forward. And hopefully, like, even if... Well, I'm going to... I definitely believe I'm going to make it. But, I mean, I hope people can look from my story and, like, just draw inspiration from it and be inspired to, you know, push the norms, what's deemed as the norm, and, you know, create carve out a path for themselves. Uh, okay. So, all right. So, you know, when you eventually got into Herbert Morris, that's where and joined the basketball team, that's where we kind of get closer, you know, because we train together. You were under the under 14 and all these things. And, you know, I was always one time higher. So what initially got you into basketball more than the other sports, say football and tracks and all these things? So I was always playing, like, various sports. I was, I was a, if you ask me, I think I was a pretty good track and field runner, and I think I could, you know, outdoing a lot of these track and field athletes that you're seeing today. Like, if I stuck to it, I think I would have been, like, a household name at Champs. But that's besides the point. It's, um, I asked my name. I asked, how do I get my name? You know, my name is Shaquille O'Neal Benty. So I asked, how do I get my name? And, you know, they're like, Shaquille O'Neal. And I'm like, who's Shaquille O'Neal? And I, you know, I went on YouTube, started watching more basketball. And I was like, okay, this is Shaquille O'Neal. And I built a love up for that sport. Started, I basically, basketball was being played at my primary school, but it stopped for a long period. And I went to the principal and I was like, we have to get a team started. We have to get a team started. They got a coach. You know, we got a team together. There was no competition. We held our own competition with like four teams. And it was like a round robin thing. So I was actively involved in basketball because, you know, it was really close to me and, 
the fact that I was named after basketball, I think that's what ultimately made the decision for me to pick basketball over any other sport. All right, all right, that's that's good. So, tell us about some accolades you got from playing basketball and notable experiences and achievements. Well, bas- everybody would say like basketball. Can, you know the the cliche. Basketball can bring you so much places in life, and you don't really believe it until you see it being done for yourself. So, yeah. when I got to Herbert Morrison, I was 12 years old. I never got the upper. I, the first team that the first team that's going to be played is under 16 and under 19. Now, I definitely needed to make the under-16 team, but I was 12, and that's with you guys, you, Gregory, Beadle, you know, big guys. I'm 12 years old, and you guys are 16, and how am I going to play against the rest of them? But it's definitely, like, working hard, that type of thing that really... That, I think that's my first accolade. As a 12-year-old making the under-16 team and going to the finals, I think that's my first accolade, yeah. like the second place medal. That's why I, I hold it dearly, even though it's second place, and I don't really value second place as much in team sports now, but that's my first accolade. But as I got older, you know, I became a, a household name in the Western Basketball Association. Every year every year I've played basketball in the Western, in Western area, I've been top in assists. So I've always won top in assists. I've been the best passer in the league. The, the main point guard, so to speak. So once you think point guard and you think Western basketball, my name automatically comes up in the conversation. And that's something I'm extremely proud of. Now, in my final year of under 16, I was privileged enough to make the national basketball team, the, the national basketball program. And I think that's by far my greatest achievement as a basketballer in the island. So I've won five Western basketball championships um, I've represented Jamaica where I've played. I've averaged 30 plus minutes and I've scored 30, 40 plus, um, 40 points for Jamaica. I've had six, seven caps. Um, also, the national championship that I won with, I've, I've won MVPs for the Star Search Basketball Camp. That, the most valuable player for the Star Search Basketball Camp, which is very significant because I was the first junior to ever win it. So overall, they pick an overall MVP for the entire camp. So you have the best of the best. The best player from Kingston, the best player from Western, the best players from Central, the best players from Northern Conference at that time. And they're all together. So it's a real superstar camp. And to be the first junior ever, there's so many talented players before me and talented players after me and to be the first to win the MVP for that that was also a, a great achievement because I won like three, four trophies that year in addition to the MVP so that was good but my defining basketball moment in terms of high school otherwise from the Jamaica national team, third place finish I would say was winning the All-Island Championship because that's what everybody wants that's, that. that's the hill you try to get get up on like you try to be the king of that hill you try to be the national champion <laughs> so yeah i won it when i went to st george's college so st george's you know 
Okay, yeah, I went to St. George's College. We had a phenomenal program there. We had our challenges because, you know, so many, I would say like the three of us were me, Samora, and Gillies. We were three like household names in basketball at that point in time because we were the players now. We were we became we we, we went from the young guys to the household names. So leaving from our teams where we are ball dominant because Gillies was coming from under 16 where he was the guy. Passion has always been the guy. And me coming from my Western basketball team where I was just coming off of a season where I was leading the All-Island scoring for my team, even though we didn't make it past the semis. So I was getting to another team where, you know, I had to, where yeah. I was coming off of one of my best seasons. So three huge egos and we were able to put it aside and win a national championship after falling short the year before I think that was phenomenal and I would never give away that experience for anything. So those are my accolades and my notable um, experiences from, you know, basketball. Otherwise, from that, I have some regional um, experience because I played in Barbados. I've played in, you know, St. Lucia as well. I, I remember even my final year of high school, I went to St. Lucia and I was playing in the league and I went to St. There's this whole thing about me where... Everybody in the region says, I help a team get to the semifinals and then I just disappear on them because my flight is always before the finals. So I, I have before the semis or the finals. So I always help them get to the semifinals and then I just leave. So that's that's something that um that's one of the experiences. But it's always good playing in the Caribbean, you know, you you get to test yourself and see the different cultures that's there in basketball. And that's it for my experiences and accolades. So do you play any other sport seriously? I I don't think I play any other sport seriously. I I've been wanting to get into volleyball at UE though. I've been wanting to play for US Intercall volleyball team because I've I've loved volleyball since I was a younger stage. But that's another sport that my mother my mother um, was a national player for and you know I just found it interesting so I was deciding that I would probably play for them but you know the whole COVID-19 pandemic it really put um, a dent in that plan so we'll see what happens though because it's never too late yeah man so right now you're doing a degree in journalism so you may be by now know that I may not have the best views of journalism but you know that's your goal and it's best to do it, you know, do it well. So how did you get exposed to journalism? What got you interested in so much that you decided to pursue it as a degree? And how has the journey been so far? I mean, all right, so I'm on the social media space. And everybody has this whole... The, everybody has their opinions on journalists. Like, journalists shouldn't do this, journalists shouldn't do that. They shouldn't say this. Why is this important? No. Why is this relevant? Why? But what people don't understand, if journalists, media plays such an important part in the world today that if journalists never, like, if we don't do what we do, then how would you be informed? How would you know what's happening in St. Elizabeth right now if a journalist didn't say, all right, I'm going to write this story, submit it to CVM, and then we get out there? To tell you the truth, even if they tell us, we still really don't know. No. So, to me, it's right now, 
like to me right now, right now there are certain faults in the journalism space that, and the reason why I think there's a fault now is because, you know, just like in the rapping game, the, the rappers, they're trying to, you know, one up each other and beat each other. Everyone, people feel, I feel right now in this journalism space, journalists think journalists is a competition where, you know, they're trying to be the best. Everyone to be um, Michael Sharp. I think, I think you remember yeah, I remember Michael Sharp. Everybody wants to. So, so to me, what I that's what I see with journalists because they they they're taking too much. Um, they're so deep in the wrong that they can't dress back from there and do the right. You know what I mean? But you know that's something that's something for you to see and just try to. Like, for example, you are doing your sports journalism thing. It's best you focus only on sports journalism. And if you are transitioning out of it, you remove all the sports journalism that you know, then transition into a news journalism. You know, that's how I see. If you are coming, if you're, right now, what I see now is um, a journalism that journalists that used to do in say news all of a sudden talking about religion and all these things that's where you know you come out of your domain and try to enter another domain with you no know, with little expertise and then what happens you get exposed you know so, so you see so you see how just like a rapper suppose a rapper that is dominant in rapping say so, okay i'm gonna start the dance you know he exposed himself to you know so I do some this is journalism now, but other from that, how has been the UA journey with, uh, with it? Because I think you were going to Karimak. You never really went into Karimak before, you know, so you can uh, describe how I mean, Karimak is just a building. Karimak, I mean, I don't like how you, you like, you, you explain the point and, like, never really gave me a chance to talk back on it, but I'll tell you about, I'll tell you about Karimak, I'll tell you about Karimak. With the journey, you know, because you can you can refute my point and then go along into your journey as you know up to now as in your journalism. Yeah. All right, journey, so all right, let me just say this. I'll just say one more thing on it. So journalism will always have just like every other profession and every discipline in the world will have its wrongs and it will have its rights. But the thing why journalists are important is because just as you would, you know, when you're doing an essay in university, you need to use a scholarly article. The CVM, the TVJ, they've built themselves up like that to be the scholarly article. So once, why is it, why am I more likely to trust something from CVM than what I see on a WhatsApp news story? Because a journalist will have to go and then do the research before it gets published. So anything you see, oh yeah, a chip though, a chip though, man. I was saying like that's where things where where because they have to fact check the source. That's where many journalists and the stories um fall into problems. No, hold on, hold on. And problem with that. No, you see, that's the thing because they don't necessarily do that, and that's why people have this this type of thing because some people might find it some people might find certain news offensive 
because I only want to do sports journalism. I'm going sports journalism. I'm just going to say that off the bat. I don't want to do crime and I don't want to do like all that type of thing. It's like, for example, like, I'm not getting so. For example, this COVID 19 thing, so you know, so most majority of journalists would be focusing on that, you know, what. How how I see journalism then? I how my how I see every journalist is a natural is a normal citizen of the country. For example, that is doing the journalism on um, COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. right? And every one of those journalists have a sure. family, right? Yeah. So you then you then assume that from the first case in Wuhan, China. And then we hear about it. You then everybody would then alert everybody and say, okay, boom, do the best thing you can do for you, protect yourself. That was from 2019. But over and over, you're still here about the COVID-19 thing. And then simultaneously, you're doing sports journalism. So you would realize that there are sports playing in other countries. And then you see it. So you see what to me, I have no problem with journalists. What I have know is that they are, the journalists now are trying every way possible to get attention and, and discrediting the whole profession itself, you know? So like, for example, you now doing focusing only on sports journalism now. Me can view as a reliable source because me know, say, you I go watch the sports and where you talk about. You know, so when me come in and hear talk about and um go talk about um USA versus Jamaica in the next episode, me know say they watch it, you know, because they're interested in their sports and me not be they say, okay, one day if you one day if you did if I do something when here say or something like that. You know, I so so that that's my thing now with, with journalism now. We're yeah, they hear a buzz and they are trying to make as much attention from this one buzz and then the buzz get out of hand where you can't really decide for the truth or the fake, you know? So I don't, that's my thing. And I, I think you as a journalist supposed to see it in live action and I hope that you see it and learn from the mistake and don't um, kind of, we call it, follow them in in the never ending school of, you know, you know, so I don't from that now. So the degree in you, you know, so how has it been? What are the courses you're doing? How each of them? We do uh, um you know? various courses. We do so some first year courses, example, we have to do principles and practices of journalism where we, you know, we figure out what a journalist, you know, code of ethics are and that type of thing. Um, source checking we do writing for journalism journalism so that's the first step of journalism where you essentially just practice writing in terms of newspaper and that type of thing when you get to the second year courses now you learn more of specializing so you learn radio radio writing is very much different from tv writing is very much different from newspaper writing so you learn how to write specifically for each one of those um forms and that's that's interesting because yeah you can lose interest on radio if you write like yeah. what's your 
basketball. Maybe that does a wait to see what they say about Herbert Morris game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you have various observer. people writing for each part, <laughs> but it's just how you write because the same story that you see in the news, we, the same everybody will get the same story, but how it's delivered on the news and how it's delivered on the radio would be very much different because of how it's supposed to be written and how it's supposed to stick in your memory. So that's that's something that you learn for sure. Yeah. And otherwise from that, the buildings are, you know, the buildings are up to date and standardized, but, you know, COVID-19, so we're not there per se. So you're more or less home, you know, using your makeshift means, webcams, um, ring lights, microphones, and your own backdrop, because I had to make my own backdrop for my green screen and that type of thing. So that's that's what the UA journey has been like right now. So how long do you have left at UA? Um, I'm in my second year. I'm in my second year. So I have one more. I have two more semesters. I have an internship to do this semester. And then I'll be done. I'll be essentially graduating in 2022. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, tell us about the inception of Stadium 876. What is Stadium 876? Or did you get into the idea of building Stadium 876 and the process and journey to build, building it up to where it is now? So, Stadium 876... I was in 11th grade and I wanted, everybody has Bleacher Report, everybody has House of Highlights on their phone, specifically House of Highlights. Omar, Omar House of Highlights. He's, that's not his handle anymore because he doesn't work at House of Highlights anymore, but he created... I remember he said one time he created the company while in college. And I was like, all right, let me start from high school. And essentially, how I got the name Stadium 876 was, I said, all right, Bleacher Report. Bleacher, Bleacher is a part of what? A stadium. So I was like, I was like maybe I should go like, Life originally the name was Live from the Stands. My podcast name was supposed to be the name of the page. But I said I don't want it to be just you know, somebody here stands and think, okay, track and field and football alone, because that's the main thing from everybody. Like every sports page does football and track and field. No netball, no badminton, no volleyball, no golf. We have Jamaican athletes in every facet of sport you get what i'm saying so i said what type of sports are played at the national stadium independence park you have track and field you have football you have basketball courts you have the netball courts you have the swimming you have the volleyball you have everything so i said stadium let it be the stadium and let it be 876 jamaica stadium 876 so that's how i got the name because i want to cover every sport every sport possible that jamaican yeah. plays if there's a jamaican that plays curling if a Jamaican does curling, I want to know and I want it to be highlighted on my page because, like I said, media plays an very important part because if I can get enough media attention on that curling athlete, maybe, or a lacrosse athlete, maybe he can get a scholarship. 
maybe you can get a scholarship to university and that was the main idea with it because so many basketballers specifically were very good but never got the media attention so we, we never got any scholarships and that's one of the main things i said all right let let me try and carve out a part for those after me so that's one of the main things yeah. of why stadium 876 was started and in building it up i've tried to take the social media approach i'm in the stages of trying to ultimate ultimately the goal is to make it a a, a sports media company where we'll be doing you know games and we'll be doing we'll be doing like high school games six aside games three on three competitions volleyball games all-star games that type of thing where ultimately leads back to the media attention just the media attention that athletes would get from this type of promotion so it's not necessarily just interviews that's not my intention i wanted to get to the point of of going past just interviews i wanted to get the highlights games build a whole culture around sports in jamaica similar to the similar to the u.s system where you'd have aau games you'd have different things um futsal competitions and that type of thing i want stadium 876 to be powering all types of sports within the island of jamaica so that that's the whole stadium 876 vision all right so how is it going so far and the meet it and meeting the goals that you had for it and then what's it so how many of the goals that you initially had for it that you may have achieved and maybe some future goals that you have with it that you can maybe share with the podcast. So in terms of goals I've achieved, I've, you know, constantly putting out content is, it might be a small goal, but it's very hard. There's, in America, you have so many sports content creators. In Jamaica, you don't have it. So you would have to be thinking of the ideas yourself. And I remember I put out my most my most my most significant um achievement right now is definitely like this bold video I posted from you know it's All Star Weekend game and I've been planning that from I have a content book I know it's a bit old fashioned but I have a book because I like to write out my things and I wrote that a long time ago I was like all right I want to do this and see what happens. So you have to create your own content and that type of thing. So consistently putting out content on all platforms, gaining more followers is, you know, some goals that I've set for myself. I'm at, what, 400 followers on TikTok with 11K likes. I'm trying to get to 1K on Instagram. That's my goal for this year. This year, I need to get to 1K on Instagram. On Twitter, I need to get to at least 200. And those are like some simple goals I've set for the future. COVID-19 has slowed down the vision, but when sports definitely starts back, I want to start holding some competitions to like boost yeah. out some, you know, the whole media thing I was, as I was explaining. Yeah. So the inception of live of this, live of the stance. So if you remember when you proposed the idea, I, I told you to call it Bente Sports Stop because, you know, yeah, it sounds... It, it, the sound does roll off the tongue. So, but you end up naming it live of this live from the stand. So, um, how did it start and the progress up from inception to now? 
Yeah. I mean, I definitely wasn't going to. So the whole thing of me doing this, why why not name Stadium Eight Seven Six? Benty notices sports or something like that because eventually I wanted to reach a point where it's not me. It's not me doing everything. There's sports journalists coming out of Caramac when I'm long gone, you know, five years from now or six years from now, who I can eventually give an internship and say, all right, come in, do this. And, you know, they'd be eventually hosting the podcast. They'd be, you know, bringing on people. So I don't want it to be my brand. I want it to be a brand itself, a company itself. So that's why I decided, you know, live from a stance. As I mentioned, it was the original name for the for the um for the entire page itself, the entire company itself. But yeah, what happens in most stands when you go to watch a match? What happens in the stands? Everybody's discussing what's going on in the game. So I was like, all right, cool. That's the perfect name for a podcast. Let's go. Let's start the live from the stands. And everything is going to be stands related. So the first episode was named Grandstand Ticket. That's how you get into the grandstand. You buy a grandstand ticket. You go to the, the ticket booth and say, let me get a grandstand ticket. Yeah, you know I'm saying. So everything's the, going yeah. to be um grandstand, going to be stadium related, live from the stands related, and that type of thing. So keeping the content on brand and that type of thing was mainly my inspiration to like naming it live from the stands and because I don't really and plus I have a co-host because I couldn't really do this by myself because I'm I'm a nervous type of person not nervous in the sense of me speaking but nervous in the sense of people's perception of me like yo why is he doing this why is he doing that you know what I'm saying so I've needed that type of push from somebody and I'm really glad I found my co-host to help me out there in that so okay, so how did the first episode went, and then for the people who may listen to this, when ideally would episode be released, and where can you get updates about the podcast? So first thing, updates would be strictly from Stadium Eight Seven Six and all social media. Like if you think of a social media page, Stadium Eight Seven Six is on it, and we will be giving updates. That's for sure. Um, the first episode. It ran a bit long because we, we, you know, as with first episodes, you're going to get better progressively. So we're trying, we went yeah. an hour, but we're trying to keep it to 20, 30 minute episodes at most. But we're trying to put the episodes out every week. But bear with us. We missed last week because <laughs> Yui is religious killing us right now. Yui is killing us right now, to be honest. But going forward, we're going to actually record that. We actually recorded an episode yesterday and we'll be recording another episode tomorrow. So we're going to be putting out two 20-minute episodes this week to cover for last week and this week. And then going forward, we're going to be putting out episodes every week and it will either come out on Friday or Saturday. So the week will not finish and an episode is not out. An episode is not out. Okay, so for the people who are listening to this, it will be released along, I think, a few in after April 19 or so. So maybe by then, when you're listening to this episode, there will be a good amount of content from live up, live from the stands for you to get into. So the other co-host, why did you end up choose him um, to co-host instead of even do doing it solo and all right, so 
you said that you didn't want to do it solo because you were nervous to start it by yourself. So what end up what made you end up choose that specific co-host to, to actually do it? I mean, I think everybody has that group where they talk sports with. So essentially I have a PS4 and we we were playing games and that's how I met him. He went to Cornell College, we're from Montego Bay. He goes to UA as well. So it ended up that we were in so many groups talking about sports and he expressed an interest to doing like sports journalism and that type of thing, even though even though he does um computer science. So I was like, all right, let's get on it. Let's work with like like come work with Stadium 876. Let's do the podcast and you know, constantly pushing each other is something that you know is needed in this type of thing, especially when you're trying to do it by yourself. Because there's a if you're doing it by yourself, you're just letting down yourself. So you're like, okay, let me just, you know, let me just stop, let me just give up. But if there's somebody there, you know, who's pushing you like, hey, let's get this done. And, you know, you're pushing him as well. And like, yo, we need to do this. You know what I'm saying? That's the whole thing. That's why I chose him. Yeah. Because he's really passionate about it. Yeah. So I've seen you also. You have went to Barbados and St. Lucia. So what out of Barbados, St. Lucia and Jamaica... Uh, which one ideally would you grow up, want to grow up in if you were to restart and then from each country what would you say the other lacks if you get what I mean so you went to Barbados and experienced certain things and I said okay this, if this is then a St. Lucia this would be better and if it is then a Jamaica this would be better and then, you know, so you know yeah um each so if I could grow up in any other country, I guess I I wouldn't say I wouldn't change my experience in Jamaica, but I love Barbados. There's something about Barbados I love in terms of the people I've met there. There's something about Barbados that I just love. So I'd probably grow up in Barbados because I've had the experience of growing up in St. Lucia and in Jamaica. So I definitely say Barbados, but. It, what the, yeah, what's what from each country that you will say the other lack? Yeah, and yeah. the other lack Jamaica, Jamaica lacks. Oh, I mean, Jamaica lacks that. Uh, with Barbados, there's this whole culture there, and I mean, it's it's a smaller island, so I understand, but I mean. The, the earnings and the whole dollar and that type of thing. So first of all, the foreign exchange is very low in Jamaica. So that's that's something that immediately Jamaica lacks. Barbados lacks more attractions to me. Oh, one thing with Barbados that I love, every beach in Barbados is free. Is open, is, well, not free, but accessible to the public. Every beach. So if there's a $1,000 a night, US dollar a night, hotel on this beach property and you want to go there there is some access there for you to get onto that beach and that is something that is very beautiful and i really appreciate um what saint lucia lacks saint lucia wants some more they're developing now so they definitely want some more it's a mountainous country so they want some more urbanized areas so there's many two cities one airport is an international airport so to speak, that can manage some huge planes and and the other one is 
can only take like some small planes, but that's the one I tend to go to because I go from Barbados to St. Lucia. But St. Lucia is really beautiful and I love it. So I don't really think the countries lack much. It's just that, you know, you haven't really experienced much of it because I'm sure there's problems I find with like the foreign exchange and the dollar in Jamaica that I know some Jamaicans don't have the problem with because they're experiencing the tourist side of Jamaica. So yeah, that's... If you, if you realize me, see my, you know, Instagram and thing, five one of those pictures that you may see also, you know, fight and, you know, yeah. tour the area, scope out the area before yeah. for dogs and, you know, um, <laughs> other things. <laughs> you That's know, true. Yeah, so, mm, so you actually so far, what have you maybe achieved so far from you? Um, so let me take it from the level. So the first accolade, receiving a scholarship. So my first year, full scholarship, dorm and tuition. That's the most beautiful thing. Not having to, you know, cost your parents any money to, you know, for a university education. That's the first thing. My second year, I'm still on scholarship, but there's no need for me to do dorming because there's no sports. So I can just be here at my home. And scholarship, so that's good. On a block level, so I live on Taylor Hall, I live on Block A, Stallion Republic, and I was the freshman of the year there. So that's that's another accolade I can say. I'm also now the deputy block representative, looking to be the block representative. Maybe by the time you know this airs, I'm the block representative, but on a you know, university level, I guess. You know, we went, my first year there, we went to the finals of the Intercall. I, you know, I just missed out on the Dean's list by point one, by point one. but I'm currently working on getting there this semester. But, you know, it's all in all, it's been a good, quiet UE system, but I've received, you know, just my basic accolades. And I'm all right with that, and I'll get better each as the as the months go by. Um, so I guess this is the last question. So I know you're a Drake fan, and you know me. Yeah. Now have Drake hard recently. So when have you um initially? What in, initially got you into Drake? Is he still one of your favorite artists? And the top three songs from him, from him, you know. Uh, Aubrey Graham, aka Drake is the greatest my favorite artist and he's the greatest artist out right now like drake anyway so how i started listening to drake i think the first song i ever heard from him was over i think it was a commercial or i was watching mtv or something like that and i saw over and i just started to study his songs songs from before that songs from after and i was like all right I'm rocking with Drake now. Top three Drake songs. I don't know what fall off you're talking about, but Jake still Jake has just hits, no misses. That's pretty my you, you may not see it yet, you may not see it yet about Yeah, know, there's I'm no a, there's, I, like I study music in general, if I get on me. So yeah, you know, I mean I, that's when fine. I saw the last three releases, I realized that you know he I mean, he, he, he pushed he pushed and he, he pushed, you know, you know, when the arm um, when you're dominant and you're trying to 
hold on to it and then you push you push so far that you say that you can't push anymore that that was Drake's last three releases he he he, he he dominated Cap. at the wrong time and then he's going to really see the effects of it later and throughout the year he's going to maybe he drop some releases and his fan will not crop him up and thing but it will not to me it will not last because he, you know, he, he pushed. Jake dropped he, three hits. Jake dropped three hits. Like, no, I mean, you, you're entitled to your opinion, and I won't even argue with you. I won't argue with you. No, we're not going to argue. Like, let's finish yeah. strong. Oh, let's finish strong. It's like, you drop the hit. For example, Bolt. You see him Bolt, in my, in my opinion, right now. You know, how he, dom- he dominated the, you know, three times three, you know. He mm-hmm. dominated and then his last year, he kind of fall off because of injuries and all these things. Because I don't, I don't know if you listen to his interview on uh, Philips thing podcast, but he said that last year he went, he went to the doctor, and the doctor they said, "Boom, don't run because if you run, then I'm really, you know." And it, and and you see what happened when he went to London, you know, he did. It is very subpar to what he um, thinks. So what I'm saying now with Drake is that those last three hits may have put too much pressure on him now. And then uh, what I highly don't want him to do that he may do is that he's going to try top top those three songs and then it's going to start flop, you know? So... Ideally, what he could do now is just drop songs from his experiences and things. Back to his simple Drake where he just drops a boom in doing things. But what I feel now, because of hype or something like that, he's going to start drop songs to reach the billboard again and stuff. And he's going to start fall off. That, that's how all, that's all I see Drake now. But that's not Drake though. Like, hmm? you're, you're basing your base, you're basing your. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're basing your series. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was so quiet when you were talking. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, Colin, hold on. Colin, hold on. Yeah. You're basing your theory off of what you think Drake is going to do instead of what Drake has. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish, let me finish. Instead of what Drake has been doing. Drake doesn't make songs to top charts Jake makes songs and it just happens to top the charts because Jake makes very good music. Jake yeah, just has, yeah, yeah. Jake, I, see, like, I, I can't tell when yeah, like, but yeah, you're then, thinking no, you're no, thinking, no, no, hold on, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're thinking Jake is going to flop, but Jake is not going to flop. That's the thing. You're misunderstanding what I'm saying. No, I I'm, understand what you're saying completely. You're saying instead of going to his regular type of music, he's going to try and make something that's going to top the charts. He's going to try and make something that's more industrialized instead of like what his music genre is. But I'm saying Drake doesn't do that though. Like history has proven that he doesn't do that. Like essentially in 2018 when he wasn't on the top, he, when he came out with Scorpion, he didn't try to make chart topping music. He came out with music overall. So even when he came yes, out with side A and side B, which you know did did what it wanted, what he wanted to do, 
Yeah, he did what he, he did what he was he did what he set out to talk about. He set to talk no, about. Listen, the, what, the, listen the, what I'm saying, Benji. His album did what it was supposed to do. You know what his state of mind was at the time, what was going on with him at the time, and all these things, and that was good. You know, last three releases was to me bragging. What's next? Oh. Valentine's Day has sex. What's next? Next, next. You see the bragging. And then what that does is overextended himself to a point where a rapper shouldn't read. Is that what usually would be a rapper's downfall now? Because, you know, people usually relate, relate your releases back to your last thing. You know, if you get on me, your last. So you you would compare your third year to your first year, you know. You would more like you say, oh, I want to do better than my second year. So if you're over, if your last three releases was you bragging, say, oh, I did this, I did that, you did this, you know. After that, you can't really. After that, you can't really go back. You you would naturally maybe try to want. You're in a very hard position now with your with the song releases where you don't know if you might will try to drop a single or an album or you know, as in Mena said he can't do well, but they say his next release you just have to see what what, what it is and just just say okay, that's it. You know, that's he that's said we see what's happening, we see what's about and to happen next, okay? He legit said we're going said, to see I, what happened next. My my fall off of Drake is not really because he's bad. It's because I'm a G Easy fan now, you know, and I prefer his song. Yeah, more. so you listen to trash yeah. music because yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. I, I, I feel that people call G Easy trash because you know they never really listen to his song. You know, I mean listen to opportunity cut. Just listen to his song. It's not song about bragging or anything like that. Right, that so you don't like you don't like that type of music. That's that's fine. No, that's okay. No, I'm saying that's fine. No. I, 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 I'm gonna give you another song to listen from these. These things happen. You know, go on YouTube and listen. I can't. Yeah, see. I listen to it. From, you know, as I'm saying, is your 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 drop your downsizing G easy? No, I'm not. Is that you do and that realizing that I'm not. These are some good features and some good songs. I'm not taking that away from a different type of artist than what Drake is doing. Drake doing doing it right now to keep his accolade. Say, okay, I'm doing one, two, three on the billboard. Jeezy is doing way more than that, and you don't really hear from the man. You know, the man, the man is an entrepreneur with his music. You know, that's the difference between him and Drake. You know, but entrepreneur with his, with his music, he said, or overall. Hmm? Oh, Jeezy, yes. You know, how how Jeezy rise up is that he, you know, puts all his song on um, YouTube and all these things and build his notoriety up from there and uh, uses his notoriety to. So, what does he um, do different from. With other people and bring what does he do different from Jake? Hmm? What's, how is that different no, from Jake? No, Drake, Drake, Drake right now is is dominant and what he's doing now is using his dominance to bring other people on to you know to his OVO music and his brand so bring uh, uh, maybe maybe G Easy needs that J cosign. 
But if you remember that Drake started with Little Wayne from yeah, Wayne. CMB. Yeah, so you know that wasn't Jeezy. Jeezy was too poor to get signed on to, to that. You know, when he was trying and starting, nobody would have signed him. Was so he, he too to poor or was he just poor. not good enough to get signed? Um, you know how how the music um industry is. If you don't do a certain certain thing that certain way, they won't give it give it to you. So he had to build up his brand from his own from his own way. And he used YouTube, social media and stuff to build up his brand. Like soldier boy. Give you a difference to the audience. And and to me, as I said, Shaq, the, the song is not really say, okay, it's a top billboard song and thing. It's a thing, it's a song that when I listen it, you see how the man was coming up. You know, all right, so let me give you one song to listen to. Yeah, it's, it's an opportunity I just want song to listen to. It's not a song to, to brag. I know it's just a song to give you his life story to basically understand why you know I listen more to Jesus. It's called Easy. That's literally the song name. And it's basically him just telling you what he had to do at the time to build up his brand to where it was. And you know, but yeah. to me, I Drake, Drake is not. Yeah, but you know, I listen yeah. to Drake now, but as I said, it's we're looking at different like, there are two different points in their career, Colin, because Drake was singing about his journey too in headlines and he was singing about his journey yeah, starting yeah, from the bottom. Burning, but then we reach a point now where he's not doing yeah, because now he doesn't have to do it. He's the he's legit, he's legit the top dog. You cannot just like Michael Jordan in basketball, you cannot expect Michael Jordan to be saying, I'm climbing, still talking about climbing from nothing. When Michael Jordan is deemed to be the greatest of all time, I'm just saying, you no, know, like, really want to talk about his overall like for too long or go for too long, but I'm just saying like overall you can't really say like Drake is going to fall because he's um because he's doing like hype music. He did hype music before. He did hype music now. He did he did hold on hold on hold on hold on. He did experimental music and he did. He, he continues to change up his music and it's the, the main fact that it's hitting the charts is just because it's good music overall. And that's that's my last thing on Drake. That's the last thing I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as I said, I'm not saying it's going to fall, but I say with the time goes on, like, you know, all these people don't really listen to all these and stuff like that. I think there's a transition in music now that when he dropped his three releases, it was a bad thing just like right now to me you see you can see skilly bang is kind of falling off because you know his content is up and down and things so as i said there's a there's a switch now in music that you can't you can't really tell and because as i said with the same as i said there's a switch now in, in music that people don't that that is really that you don't realize that me and you shock are oldies in the music genre compared to the new generation. So I just that made it see with what, what he did at the time and how music is changing at the moment. I mean, I said, okay, he, he kind of do a thing that maybe kind of shape up his career because, you know, I know we, and it's not really us, you're supposed to um, market to now still. It's a new upcoming music people that is coming in and say, okay, I, I if you're if you're we are first three music to the new audience is you bragging, say, okay, this Valentine that's you're more likely not to take in this song for a while, you know. So that that's the thing with 
and say, for example, with this podcast, I had to go through a various thing now just to get um, you audience. I know I'm in the interview fields. You know, I, I, I'm using, changing different fields again, different audience. I, I think what the last few songs showed with Drake is that you don't really know which audience it was, trying, it was going after. You got the billboard now, but the billboard is not really reflecting reality over time, you know? It's, it's, it's just like Usain Bolt, the thing again, Usain Bolt um, medals. He won the medals in that time and it was great and it was great and thing, but the time has gone. He had to transition out of it now and you see he's making music, doing other interim negotiation deals and all these things. And also, as I said, over time, it's not, I'm not saying his release was bad, I'm saying, over time, you, you did something that you have to really recalibrate and say, what was the, you, you know, you have to, that's what I'm saying. So, all right. But overall, I think this may be a really good first interview, you know? Mm -hmm. I think the last, last part kind of, Yeah, but over, um, can you just shout out your socials and thing and see? For the audience to, to follow if you're if they have listened to the full episode. Okay, so follow Stadium, S T A D I U M, eight seven six on TikTok, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and my personal social is forever, F O R E. B E R B E N T I Forever Benty on Twitter yeah. and Instagram. All right. All right. So all right, thank you for coming and being our first guest in this interview phase of the podcast. Yeah, no and, problem. You, know, you have more success in your endeavors. You know? Yeah, same to you, Carl. Right. Thank you for, for coming in and you know, this is it. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, this is the end of the episode. Thanks for watching and look forward for the next episode. To support this podcast, go to anchor.fm slash cssb slash support or become a sponsor for this episode. If you have a product that you want to have more exposure, DM me on the Instagram page, Reframing Mindset Podcast, or on Twitter at Reframing P. Either way would help. Thank you regardless for, for listening and here's a preview for the next episode. And any one of them is, is helpful, you know. Subscribing to the to the YouTube channel is immensely helpful because that's one less. That's one person closer to one thousand. And you you may think that one thousand is a small number, but and I realize that one subscriber is one person, is you. That one subscriber is you, you know, is you. And you're very special. You, you may not realize, but you're very special. Let me tell you how you know that you're very special. Because my podcast have eight audience, right? So if you're listening, you're one of that eight audience. And I have 844 plays. Play, and I've made seven 
dollars and 48 cents which is almost 